This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, as we learn more about AI, how do you think most people feel about having someone or something do work for them in an office setting? We are somewhat conditioned to do that work ourselves, and that question of self becomes an important one as we delve deeper into the world of artificial intelligence. Stefano Pantoni is a professor of marketing here at the Wharton School. He co-authored an article recently for Harvard Business Review on the issue of self in this new AI-driven world. Stefano, always great to talk to you. Great to have you back with us. Hi, Dan. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so take us into what was the the backstory on, on why this was such an interesting element for you to look at. I've been working on this line uh, of research for about eight years now, and uh, the uh, basic idea is simple, which is we spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, studying what consumers, users, customers, employees, basically users of uh, AI systems and automation more generally, think about the technology, the extent to which they like it, the extent to which they want to use it, and questions like that, which are crucial for any vendor of uh, solutions in that space. But it is becoming increasingly important to take a different perspective, almost like a mirror, and say, instead of studying what people think of those technologies, study how those technologies change the way we think about ourselves. Because those technologies are taking on cognitive tasks, which we often believe to be quite central to the sense of self of a user or an employee, and by taking on these tasks that are quite self-defining, it raises questions about who am I then if I'm no longer the person who does this, who took care of this. And this, this is the line of research we've been exploring across a bunch of papers. And the HBR article that you mentioned was a, basically a write-up, a summary for management. I, I guess it's interesting, Stefano, because it feels like we've had so much interest and companies just in many cases going headlong into this world of AI that the employees really haven't had a time to adjust or react or be able to, you know, understand what was going to be, uh, how this was going to be impacting their work lives in in the years ahead. Yeah. I and mean, you can understand the threat that emerges from this rapid deployment of scale of such, uh, you know, new technologies. I mean, Partly also because of the discourse and conversations around AI that you hear everywhere. It's all about replacement. Right? It's all about basically making people uh, you know, obsolete to some extent. So it's no surprise that people feel threatened by it when uh, you know, there is an announcement in a company saying, now we're going to you know, roll out this huge new AI system that's going to take care of this and that. And so I think you know, it's a big task for companies to take also positive steps and think about not simply how this is going to take simply work away from from uh, employees or responsibilities away from employees, but how is it going to help them make more successful? You know, instead of thinking so much about human replacement, how we can think about human flourishing. How much then is there also potentially a generational element factoring into this also where maybe older generations won't want to use AI as maybe uh, as much as younger generations in the workplace? Maybe. I don't know that this is, has to be. Clearly, there is a generational divide in the extent to which people are used to digital technology and doing things using digital devices. This is something that we can observe you know, in everyday life. But I don't know that uh, 
um, this kind of effects on the cells. This idea that uh, a technology that is able to take on tasks that previously you did yourself and maybe were also quite important to your feeling of being a professional, being a successful employee. Um, you know, those things right. are threatening to everybody. They're not just threatening to older people. Of course, older people may be more used to things and maybe, you know, certain habits may be more ingrained, certain tasks may be perceived as more central to who they are simply because they've done them for longer. But I actually think that these kind of effects are relevant to young people as well. Does it impact managers or leaders within companies similar to the employees or differently, do you think? Well, you know, the, the more power you have, the more, um, you know, confidence you may have to, to about shielding yourself from some of the potential, uh, you know, um, fallout from uh, a technology that is able to be so powerful and so effective. I think for leaders, but for employees, this is an incredible opportunity. The age we live in today is just incredible. I mean, m- many of our listeners will have tried ChatGPT and uh, just experience the awe that comes from seeing a you know non-living entity able to perform tasks that until very recently you think would require an advanced degree right and uh, um, yeah. i think that's just uh, all inspiring at the same time you have to think carefully about design we have to think carefully about integration and we have to think carefully about communication so that these incredible technologies are seen by the people who you know in the end have to use them as helping them and as making them better making them more effective making them more successful so two of those areas i wanted to ask you about anyway from from your article uh, one being the element of communication and how uh it can play a significant role moving forward uh in terms of how uh an employee uh, deals with uh, day-to-day operations yeah communication is key if you take the same solution, the same product, say, and you don't do anything to it, but you just affect the way that that product is explained to a user, that can make a big difference to acceptance and adoption. We have one experiment in one of the papers that we discussed in the article where we basically um, showed the students a description of an automated cooking machine. And then we measured for every student in the sample, it was almost, it was over 400 students. We asked also how important is cooking in their life? You know, some people are really into mm-hmm. cooking. Some people don't care. They only need fuel and they see that as a, you know, a chore. Uh, so there is variance there across people as to how important to the sense of self cooking is. And what we found right. is that, uh, you know, there were three conditions in the experiment. People were randomly assigned to read similar information, but with some very important differences. In one condition, it was not an automated product. It was just a control condition, basically a baseline where people were just rating some cooking tools. And there we found, unsurprisingly, that people who are more into cooking, they like these cooking tools more. You know, if it's an activity you care about, products are related to the activity, you tend to like more. That's an identity congruence effect that we know from the literature. The more interesting conditions were the second and the third. In one condition of those two was basically an automated cooking machine that was described as doing everything for you. You know, you just basically, we described it like, you know, you uh, uh, press a button and, and uh, you know, just to wait for the outcome. In the second automated uh, condition, instead, it was the same description, but now we try to maintain some involvement, some feeling of being present in the task 
uh, for the user. So we said something like, this machine helps you cook, as in does all the cooking right. for you. Although the description of what the machine actually did was the same thing. Okay, the machine was identical, but just the feeling of whether it was the machine doing it or you doing it with the machine was different. And what we found is that people who were really into cooking hated the machine that did everything at the touch of a button because they replaced them. Yeah. They didn't like to be replaced in an activity that was important to them. But people who were in the assigned to the other condition, who were also in the same automated cooking machine, but now they were involved, they did not like it less. So we could prevent yeah. that reactance against automation among the people for whom cooking was important. So that's an example of how just a small detail in the communication information, maybe even in the package of the product or in the advertisement or the website, could make a big difference as to whether people find it threatening or not. Stefano, I have to end it there. Thank you very much for your time today. All the best. Hi, Dan. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. You, you got it. Stefano Pantoni, marketing professor here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.